my my two cents of advice the first one would be invest in people mm. you have to really be thorough in and look at how you're going to be building your people's career mm. because honestly people have a lot of aspiration right and if you show them a vision and show them a career path mm. uh, over over the few, next few years mm. then they're ready to do a great great job you're listening to sales in asia in this episode we continue our chat with manish jetra director of sales apac of oracle in part 2 of leading sales in asia manish shares how oracle prepares its employees to work better across cultures valuable tips on landing and expanding in asia and the difference between hiring for a job and career development so let's jump in maybe this is a trade secret i don't know but uh, how did oracle prepare you to transition let's say moving from managing a very western team or european team to an asian team you know so do does oracle have things like uh, diversity training and things like cultural overcoming cultural barrier training and so on true yeah so there is a lot of training available mm, okay. uh, not only uh, you know cultural but even otherwise individual country wise as well mm. there is actually a tool that oracle has and and uh, you know it you could pretty much go for a questionnaire yourself okay it would create your cultural profile and uh, then you can actually superimpose different countries cultures on your profile oh that's interesting <laughs> and you can see uh, you know what are you more likely like okay and where are the gaps okay so uh, you know in terms of being authoritative or open to listening and things like that so you would end yeah. up an- answering let's say you know 50 questions right and it would create a, a cultural map for you mm and okay. then you can then i can if i'm going to work in europe at least in africa i would probably superimpose some of the countries there mm-hmm. and see what what are my commonalities and where are the biggest gaps right. so i'm very conscious of uh, what i'm getting into okay but i could do the same when i'm moving to asia i can put you know australia singapore malaysia uh, korea i can superimpose these countries mm-hmm. and uh, i can see where am i uh, in terms of similarity and differences. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. This is the first time I've heard of, uh, you know, of an application like this, although I'm very familiar with uh, the other type of uh, methodology, you know, for example, things like DISC and Myers-Briggs and so on and so forth. Right. The question I have is how accurate are they? It is pretty accurate. Yeah. I I would tell you. Okay. So it, it is I mean at one level I could argue that uh, generalizing at a country level is wrong. Mm, of course. Uh, you know we all could agree on that. Right. Uh but at the same time then there is a you know on an average uh, cultural framework for mm. a particular country and then you could I mean it's more like a guideline. Of course. Uh, yes. Not to label a country in a certain way but right. for for your you to understand yourself uh what you should be conscious of mm. and where are the biggest gaps so you start working on that uh gap and be more aware of it uh, rather than just jumping into something uh blindsided 
Okay, and is this something that's accessible uh, not only to leaders but also to a- anyone across the board? Uh, it is accessible everybody, every employee of Oracle. Okay, and uh, we train them. Rather, I have trained uh, my team members and my extended team members mm. uh, as part of the onboarding training. So when when somebody comes on board, mm. and we know that they are going to be covering multiple countries, we ask them to go through this exercise so that they're very well aware before they, you know, start interacting. Well, wow, that's excellent. And do you then apply this not only for the internal interaction with your employees and your colleagues, but also with customers? So we would we would draw from uh, from the learnings that we get mm-hmm. out of this kind of a training, uh, and use that to to maximize our interactions. Uh, you know, in a certain way, tailor our interactions in a certain way. Okay, okay. And so what kind of results have you uh, seen out of uh, this uh, application? So I think let's say f- let's let's start with let's say internal, you know, in I mean I think we can more or less guess, you know, what it's like, you know, it makes it easier to actually work with uh, your colleagues from across the world. Right. But I'm interested in the application uh, when you're using that to deal with customers. Right. So I think uh, the See, from a quantitative standpoint, it's very difficult to isolate the impact of one particular training or tool, sure. because there is the amount of training that that mm. you know any company, especially Oracle, uh, provides to its employees when they come on board or even on an yearly basis, is immense. Mm. And we do training across the product, across sales methodologies, across processes, right. uh, including culture. So then it becomes very difficult to kind of isolate uh, the impact. But I would give you some examples like uh, when you pick up this tool and you see there is uh, a difference of uh, beyond a certain point between mm-hmm. your uh, your readings and the average of a particular country, mm-hmm. it would give you suggestions. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. And uh, it would give you suggestions on, let's say, conversation starters. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the things which are taboo in mm-hmm. a certain culture? So you stay away from them. And what are the popular sports, like we said, and... You know what is a simple thing like summer and winter right. uh, is called spring and autumn, uh, or or you know <laughs> the, just the same phenomenon of weather right. is called different uh, is called differently in different parts of the world. Right. So right. Uh, when you talk to a customer who says you know we will do this after summer, and it it depends whether uh, this customer is in Australia. Right. Or in the U.S. <laughs> of course, R- yes. right? Yes, so their summers is somebody else's winter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right. So, so the tool kind of helps you create this conversation starters, okay, uh, taboos, and also uh, some of the things that people like to talk about. You know, oh. some cultures are more open to talk about. You know, let's say the personal side. Okay. Some customers, some cultures would not be absolutely open to talk about. Uh, you know, the personal side. They would mm. just keep it professional. So it gives you kind of that flavor mm. and you can then, it's just, just the building block, the, the starting step. Yeah, but there is no end to learning, right? You you have to do the job to really understand what works and what doesn't. Okay, that's great. I mean, it's really good to know about uh, this type of tools that are available and the initiative that Oracle is taking to prepare people not only to deal with each other but also with customers. So I'd like to move into the another into the next phase of our discussion about the managing a very diverse uh, customer audience. 
Right. right. So I'm sure you have a lot of battle stories uh, out there and uh, and the main differences between, let's say, working with uh, European customer base versus in Asia. But in Asia, uh, currently, what is the territory that you cover? So I manage uh, everything except Japan and India okay. or, or SAGE, mm-hmm. so to say. So uh, my immediate responsibility would be to cover Southeast Asia, uh, then go to Korea, mm-hmm. Greater China, and Australia, New Zealand. Okay. And, and okay. that's the kind of breadth that I oversee. Okay. So let's take, for example, just a difference between uh, Australia, New Zealand versus Korea. So could you maybe share some uh, anecdotes or stories uh, that would help people to understand that, hey, look, if you're in Australia, you know, and if you're dealing with versus dealing with someone in Korea, these are two or three things you need to be aware of. You know, what would those be? <laughs> I mean, just an example. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I, I think, again, uh, th- these, these topics are very uh, interesting. Mm. But at the same time, uh, you know, they're, they're also sensitive because you're talking about mm. one country in one stroke of brush. Right. And, and, and that's there's never going to be a, a, an accurate assessment of a particular country as a whole, uh, mm. you know, from one interaction. And I, I'm just being, I just am very conscious of that because uh, I've seen so much diversity within, I come from India and right. the amount of diversity within India yes. or within some of these larger countries is immense. I understand that you have about 120 languages in India itself or oh, more. We say the language, the food <laughs> and the dress changes every 50 kilometers you you travel. Wow. So okay. uh, it's it's amazing. Uh Mm-hmm. But but just to just to uh, you know when I came to Asia and and uh, I started doing business, uh, this was uh, Oracle has an yearly marquee event called uh, Oracle Open World, right. and uh, we were doing the Open World in in Singapore at that time, the Asian uh, version of it, and uh, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, about uh, three Korean customers back to back, and and uh, these were all very senior executives who were traveling uh, from Seoul to Singapore for our event. And mm. we were kind of hosting them. And uh, I had the pleasure of, of meeting the, the, the head of departments uh, along with my Korean, uh, you know, sales rep. Right. Who was kind of, uh, who was very nice in terms of doing the translation uh, and, and going on with that conversation. So the first meeting I had, uh, you know, it went too well. <laughs> and I was very happy. You know. <laughs> too well. So he defined too well. Yeah, I mean everything right. that we that we said. The the you know the very senior executive and he, he's nodding and he's uh, he's agreeing to, mm. and he's saying okay, yes, absolutely, things are nice, and we'll move forward. And you know it very courteous. And then I have the the second one. Uh, it's absolutely the same. Okay. And again, we are talking about how everything is great, and you know they like Singapore, they like Oracle, um, you know they they they're liking what we have done so far, and they like to do more. And uh, okay, great. And uh, now comes the third one, and again, you know everything is a yes. Well, very good meetings, <laughs> very agreeable. <laughs> and 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 the first one was okay. The second one, I started getting, uh, you know, some kind of a sense that, you know, maybe it's maybe there's something wrong because, right. you know, there 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 has to be some amount of, uh, it, it's 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 not very real. You so you, mm. you you see to to have uh, they, they can't be all also so agreeable. Ab- right? Absolutely <laughs> right. 
and that's when i i i really picked up my my korean sales rep and uh, she was a very smart girl uh very well uh, you know exposed she she was korean and had studied in the us mm. and then uh, in japan right. and then working in singapore so the, she was very very culturally explored already mm. and i and i asked her you know like what's going on because it's too good to be true you know <laughs> uh, and they're nodding for everything right and uh, mm. that's when i realized that this just being nice to me uh okay they they think that uh, we've come to uh, oracle's event mm-hmm. and we're meeting uh, the hosts mm-hmm. in in a way and if the host says something mm-hmm. uh, how can i disagree right you know okay and uh, and that's really so nice of them uh, and maybe we were i, I was not not aware of uh, what i was getting into and right. and uh, but but i understood very quickly at that time that you know just by mm. if they're saying yes to you in a meeting or in a particular situation it doesn't mean that they agree with you right. it what it means is that they understand what you're saying right. you know it's just acknowledgement <laughs> so that's a different nuance right so they're they're nodding to understand and acknowledge not nodding to agree agree ah uh, okay right and, and and that's a small thing right but then at some point it it's a very big thing you know because you and me are acknowledging versus agreeing uh once you start putting the next steps into play it kind of changes the color right because of course y- you would turn around and say okay i i i i understand what you said but i don't agree or or maybe it doesn't align with what i what what i want to right. do mm. so the outcomes would be very different mm. you know compared to uh like you said compared to australia for example and where i've had some very very uh you know interesting very detailed um discussions with customer very very aware technologically very invested mm-hmm. and they really want to do the best mm. uh same is the the situation in korea korea is technologically very advanced mm. uh you know across the globe i would say they're one of the top yes. players yes they are mm. uh Absolutely. but but the way they kind of approach those interactions is very different but when i get mm. into uh, and i and i remember getting into some conversations in melbourne with with certain customers the meeting was set up for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and we sat there and we spoke about the product and the road map and stuff like that for about an uh, hour and a half or 2 hours wow okay and and it was very detailed and it was amazing to see how well prepared uh, they were mm-hmm. they knew so much about the product that you know you could really go to that level of discussion in the mm-hmm. first meeting mm-hmm. you know this is the first time i'm meeting uh, this gentleman and and we kind of directly get into the deep end and mm. we you know go on for a long time mm. so it's just uh it's just very different i think uh mm. but you have to be prepared mm. uh in terms of what to expect and also be very receptive you have to listen right before you jump to a conclusion i think that's really really important okay i mean that's that's a great story you know thanks for sharing it with us and there is clearly a lot of difference between not only countries and cultures um and not only in the way we sell but in the way customers make buying decisions absolutely right? so as a sales coach myself sales coach myself when i talk to, when i coach my sales people or when i talk to sales people i always tell them that in order for you to sell you have to understand how customers buy absolutely right and asia being so diverse you know the way 
they may come to the same endpoints, but the way they get there is very very different. And I think there is a need for us to be very conscious of that and to interact uh, accordingly. Right. So those are very great stories. So you you shared um, quite a bit about uh, you know appreciate which we appreciate. You shared a little bit of your background, how you started from tech, and then you went into sales, and now you are leading not only um, business but also leading a very diverse team of people, right? Who are selling into a very diverse uh, group of customers as well. So for Anyone who is thinking of uh, operating here in Asia and as a, for example, starting off as a leader, well, what would be the top two or three advice uh, for them? And I'm referring to people who are not here yet, but really thinking about coming to do business in Asia. What would be your what would be your advice to them? My my two cents of advice. The first one would be invest in people. You have to really be thorough and and look at how you're going to be building your people's career, mm. because honestly, people have a lot of aspiration. Right. And if you show them a vision, and show them a career path mm. uh, over over the few next few years, mm. then they're ready to do a great great job. Okay. But just to uh, find a job is really easy. You know, they would find another one and another one and another one. Mm. Because uh, salespeople are, you know, very very hungry. They they are very motivated. They want mm. to achieve. Mm. Uh, and but you got to show them the vision, mm. and also show a career path, mm. and and invest in them. Right. You know. So so that's the first piece you got to do. The second, I would say, and something that we we did very successfully is pick your countries, pick the market segment you want to go after right. first. And then, once you start getting some success, mm. then you start doing the round two, next country, right. and then you do round three, mm. next next country, rather than going into uh, the entire Asia as a market. Mm. Mm. That'll be very. Uh, that's too much. That's being. <laughs> that's kind of like you know, uh, jumping into the deep end with a pool. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely, and it's, it's so right. diverse that mm. each country needs to be picked up separately. And uh, and the and the and then another thing that is important is data is your best friend. Okay. You know, one thing that I did when I came into Asia was looked at the data mm. very closely, mm. and it gives you so many insights in terms of uh, sometimes. Anecdotes cannot give you, uh, you. You could speak to other leaders. You mm. could speak to uh, people who have done that before right. uh, on the ground, but there is a lot of perception also that kind of goes in. Uh, but if you look at data, it gives you a different level of insight, and some things people have not looked at. Uh, mm. You bring in that fresh, uh, you know, outlook, mm. and and it's really the secret uh, weapon you could build uh, sitting anywhere in the world. You don't need to. Talk to anyone or or see anything. You just look at the numbers, and it gives you. It talks to you. Yeah, that's very true. I think you know, thirty years ago, uh, data was not so easily accessible, and yes. the quality of data was, of course, you know, not quite there today. But today, we have a lot of data, and sometimes there's a little bit, little bit too much of data and true. information. So, in what for you as a sales leader, what sort of data do you? Depend on in order for you to make your decisions, right? Mm. 
So I would start really simple. You know, what's my average sales cycle? What's my average deal size? Mm. What's the conversion ratio? Uh, what's the proportion of direct versus indirect business? Mm. And again, uh, we can go into details of of each individual aspect. Uh, who's generating the pipeline? You mm. know, uh, is this business development? Is it coming through the partner? Is it through my customer success program, mm. or uh, is it is it coming through the sales directly, or or there is a third party that is generating the leads for me, and what quality? Right. So mm. again, you can look at all of these for individual countries mm. and see what really is happening on the ground. Okay. Uh, it gives you a very good insight. Okay, so that's for you as a sales leader. You know, these are the data that you actually depend on in order for you to make this these sort of decisions. But what advice then do you give to people where such data is not around? For example, I mean, although we now live in a very very tech centric world, and there is a lot of technology that allows us to get this kind of data that are very very easily accessible and and available to us, but um, you know, if someone is thinking about, let's say, operating here, what would be if when you talk about things like going to a into a specific market, starting small first? What would be those kind of data that you would look for? So yeah. I would answer that question in two parts. Okay. Uh, first, I think I would argue that there is there is actually a lot of data. It's just okay. we need to look for it at the right okay. places. Yes. Uh, you know, one example that I was I was blown away by when we were trying to invest in in. Uh, the Australia New Zealand market right. uh, Australian government if they bought a chair or a duster 10 years ago you have publicly available rec- records of who did they buy it from when did they buy it from what was the quantity how much did they pay for it every d- level of detail well okay that's yeah. unlike some of the countries that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would guess so. But uh, this is probably five years ago I, right. I'm talking about. And mm. the level of detail was amazing. Mm. So maybe that level of detail is is not there everywhere. But then there is a certain amount of uh, public information uh, programs that each government is running. Mm. And, and you get your hands to a certain extent uh, mm. you know, through those agencies. Uh, the second, I think, is... The data, uh, data points like what is the GDP of the country? What's the growth rate? Yes. What is the telecom uh, penetration? What is the credit card penetration? What is mm. the e-payment uh, gateways? Depending on what is the nature of your business, mm. you know, you would get some of these proxies which can stand in to uh, look at. Also, you look at what is your competitor doing? Mm. Uh, if your competitor is a public company, you go, go and look at their annual report. Right. Where are they invested? Which country is going growing faster for them? And again, you could decide to take head on and go into that market which is growing fastest or you could go in where their presence is really low. So that would be your strategy piece. Mm. But uh, just purely from a data standpoint, mm. there's a lot of information available. It's just that it's it's hard work. Yes, it is hard work. <laughs> you know, so you know, thanks for sharing that because I agree. Like I said, you know, there is a lot of data available. It's a matter of uh, trying not only to pick the most relevant ones, but deciphering them to make the right decisions. Absolutely. Right? Because we have a lot of information. Just like it's just like what our customers are facing today. In fact, someone was just asking me about interviewing uh, a guest to talk about. How do we help our customers to 
distill all the information that is out there you know for them so and that will probably be a topic for another day <laughs> but um so i like to ask you just uh, you know just a couple of other things is this um you lead a very varied team of people and when we first met i think one of the questions that you raised was how to find the right people right right in asia is that a is that still a challenge for you and particularly right now with um, the current uh, climate of uh, tech layoffs and so on so what, what are your views on that you've been listening to sales in asia that was the end of part two of three with manish jetra sales director apac of oracle if you've enjoyed this show please subscribe and share it with others click next for the concluding episode of this series